What does community mean to you in one word? Circle. I would say togetherness. Patience. Collaboration. Connection. Foundation. Joyfulness. <laughs> I'm Thomas Fox from Creative Mornings Cleveland. We're thrilled to have the Front Porch Media Network on board as our official podcast partner. Front Porch is Cleveland's premier podcast and radio network, committed to producing and delivering the best original content and engaging shows. Right now, you're listening to Wake Up Call, their newest podcast, recorded and produced on location as part of Creative Mornings Cleveland's monthly lecture series. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. I'm Michael D'Aloya, your guest host for this episode of Wake Up Call. I'm filling in for David Allen Moss, who's on vacation this month. I want to thank you for joining us today at Creative Mornings Cleveland. We're really glad to have you with us. Wake Up Call is like your first cup of coffee. It's your opportunity to connect with the local creative community, talk shop, and explore themes inspired by today's breakfast lecture. It's here we invite attendees of the lecture series, good bakery, and conversation that inspires the full out-of-the-box thinking to spark your imagination. For our eighth episode of Wake Up Call, we're exploring the theme of community. We'll be joined by Creative Mornings attendees Max Kirchhoff, Courtney Cable, and guest speaker Liz Moggins, a well-known social activist, artist, entrepreneur, and director of Yards Project in Cleveland's Warehouse District. Max, good morning and welcome to a Wake Up Call. Appreciate you taking the time to speak with us this morning. Of course, good morning. And uh, I recently found out that you're new to this community. What golden brick road did you take and how did you get here? <laughs> very, very new. Um, I've kind of lived all over the West Coast and most recently was in New York and Brooklyn. Uh, met my wife there actually, got married, and she had worked for Hawkins School here in Cleveland Absolutely. previously. Sure. Uh, was kind of a little a star there, and uh, they lured her back uh, in a sort of roundabout way. I don't think she knew I would come move to Cleveland actually, uh, but I heard the head of school there talk about her and was like, why don't you go work for this guy? He loves you. And she was like, we can move to Cleveland? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in for the adventure. Uh, and so we came back here, moved back here uh, just about two weeks ago. So kind of establishing myself. Um, I run a creative studio with a business partner who's still in Brooklyn. Uh, she was just here for four days, though, and also loved Cleveland quite a bit. <laughs> it's very easy to love, I feel like, <laughs> um, especially when you're here in August and it's beautiful every day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just here really trying to sort of form a community, find a community, um, have connected with some people really quickly. Midwesterners are so nice. Uh, it's an easy town to get to know people, for sure. It really seems like. So I'm about two weeks in, and I've probably made, I don't know, a dozen or so sort of connections, people I feel like I could really, you know, form some friendships with, relationships with. The creative scene, I'm really trying to sort of get into and understand. It's obviously nothing nearly as large as New York. Uh, or I lived in Portland, Oregon before, which also has a huge creative scene in San Francisco. Right. Um, but I kind of, I don't know, the intimacy and the smallness of it, I feel like could also be a really cool thing to collaborate with people and do some important, impactful things. And one of my goals here, uh, and I really feel like the outsider who could step on toes by maybe even saying this, but is to really try and connect whatever creative culture there is here to like sort of other parts of the country where I feel like there's also small cultures and also even in Brooklyn and in New York where it, it's a lot of like people who talk about their culture there and they talk about what's happening there and trying to sort of get people in even larger communities and connecting them with other individuals doing the same thing in totally different cities. And 
it's funny, like Ohio City here, there's all these like small pop-ups and things of, right. of very cool young things happening with like new types of murals and new types of stores and creative ideas that I've also seen all over Brooklyn, New York, and I've also seen all over San Francisco. And it's like the gestalt of that. It's really interesting. And I'm curious if those people even know about each other. And if, if like people in Ohio City realize that like Gowanus in Brooklyn has a very small, intimate culture that's very much the same, has like the same types of people. It, it's interesting. I've been thinking a lot about that. And if those people know that they exist and if they're connected in any way. During your travels across the country, what, what components of community have you found to be similar? Because every community has a different aspect, but yeah. there's got to be some commonality. Oddly enough, I think sort of, uh, as they call it, drama is one of the biggest ones. <laughs> there's always a politics of an area. Um, there's, I don't want to use names, there's some individuals here who my wife was connected to who she really liked and really loved. And it's really interesting because as I connect with other people, I'll mention their names and everybody has their sort of different opinion about them. Like I said, it's an intimate community here. And I've seen that everywhere. It's not <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> in Cleveland. It's like two degrees. It's nuts. But that's, I think, one of the ones. It's more negative. But I think it's interesting because it also shows you how much impact the things that you do have on other people, not just directly what you do, but also their interpretation, right? Well, that's great. Well, Max, thanks for sharing some of your uh, observations with us today on, uh, on Wake Up Call. Cool. Thank you. Courtney Cable, welcome to Wake Up Call this morning. Really appreciate you taking a few moments. My pleasure. It's gorgeous out here. When you were growing up, what do you remember most about the community that you grew up in? Everyone was very friendly. We were always waving and saying hello and carrying on conversations. I think community is a lot of conversations. During today's conversation with the speaker, what, what do you hope to most glean from this gathering of folk? Well, this is my first time here at Creative Mornings, and I have a friend that I highly admire who says, I think you are a little up-and-coming Liz Moggins for Akron. And I'm like, ooh, I think that's a really high compliment. And I don't know, I'd like to know some tips and tricks of what she has done and has been able to accomplish, and I'm curious about what's next. How do you think community intersects with creativity? Well, community helps inspire creativity, and creativity is such an elusive term, you know? But you know it when you see it or hear it. Right. Right? Yeah, and you can feel it. You're you like, can. Oh, yeah, it's embedded it's in all of us. It's like a priori, as the Romans would say, natural law. It lives in us. Ooh, natural law. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing some moments with us. We really appreciate <laughs> My it. My pleasure. So after a thrilling speech, we are honored to have Liz Moggins join us here on Wake Up Call. Liz, good morning. Good morning. So you're still in Lakewood? I actually live in Bay Village, but I just finished a big community project, funny enough, in Lakewood. Which one? So people who know Lakewood know the Solstice Steps. And um, so we created out of uh, recycled materials, um, foreclosed houses and lumber and stuff uh, from those houses and old sets from uh, Huntington Playhouse, and we created these people that look like they're sitting on the solstice steps. Nice. And we've been doing a little scavenger hunt around Lakewood and putting them out uh, with gift certificates, and the whole project's called Lakewood Light Insights. 
Liz, you did something very unusual today. At the end of your speech, you asked everyone to dance. I guess this is an easy question, but it has more depth to it is, does dancing build communities? Hell yeah. If there's music that's playing and it does something and it arises from your guts and you feel the beat and you want to just let yourself go, I will go out there. And I think sometimes people are waiting for those people to basically show how they feel when they're listening to that music. And just like today, I think that people want to get up and celebrate with you. They just needed that lube. They just needed that <laughs> liaise to be able to get out and enjoy themselves. No, it was probably one of the best ways to close a speech, inviting people to dance. And you can avoid the Q&A. <laughs> but you're getting in now here on the podcast. While you were speaking, uh, this question kept on coming back and back to me, and that is, what, what drives your sense of community? What's the inspiration that made you say, oh, we're going to build Zygote, or we're going to build Can, or we're going to build X, Y, and Z? Um, I think that there's strength in numbers, and I think that we are increasingly becoming a more isolated, uh, and going into isolated territory, of course, with technology and, and social media. And so I think our ability to really um, make human eye contact with people, to touch people, to see what the environment is around where we're meeting and, and taking the time actually and the efforts to uh, connect, that all kinds of things can happen that don't happen when you're in isolation. And uh, maybe it's being a twin that I always had a play date. I had somebody to fight with. I had somebody to coexist with. Uh, because of my sister, uh, I could play every card game. I know how to throw a Frisbee. I played every organized sport. I was in plays, you know, the make-believe plays that we made. And when you think of that as your upbringing, I think that that just sort of manifested itself. I don't like to be alone. I like to be surrounded by funny, clever, innovative, spunky people, but I also feel like some of the best stories and characters and fiction can derive from people that are complete strangers. My Uber driver, I will always sit in the front seat of an Uber. Absolutely from this experience, I feel like you already have set up a power construct when you sit in the back of an Uber. Sometimes the Uber drivers, they're like surprised because they have to move their stuff to the back. But I'm like, uh-uh, I'm getting in the front seat and I'm gonna talk to you and I wanna know more about you. And, um, and in response, they get to know more about me. Our listeners, and I, me too, are very interested as what was the inspiration behind Zygote? So Zygote was uh, essentially a place that people can come and work together. Uh, and, and printmaking particularly has a lot of, uh, you need a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't have that stuff. A gallery popped up and residencies popped up and we started to want to bring people here. So, you know, 21 years later, it's just this beautiful, collective, uh, creative space. I, I think it's been an outstanding momentum that has built from when we opened the doors um, long ago. It's very cool. I was captivated by a few things you mentioned in your speech, which was um, these transitional times and middle aging. So how do these life moments affect our sense of community? So I think when things start sort of sagging a little bit or getting kind of 2% off, you know, you get that life's evolution um, as we age and we, you know, I started Zygote without kids and now I have three kids and I have aging parents and the 
whole sandwich generation moment of feeling a little bit more stretched without that energy, something's got to give. I, I feel like, too, that I've, I've got that experience, um, that sort of wealth knowledge of gaining a lot more of where I want my altruistic energy to go. And we've, we've learned a couple things around the block. And those are the types of things that I think give me energy and give me hope and allow me to try to take whatever skill sets and assets that I have and to contribute them in the most um, efficient, productive, powerful ways that I know. I think it's a time to celebrate and unapologetically show our stuff and to not feel like something is lacking or that we're behind or that we go into our bubbles of watching Netflix every night, but that there's other ways that we can really um, send our vibrations out into the world. So if there was any kind of like cry for advocacy, it would, it would be that, to kind of get involved and find your bliss out there and you will find uh, communities that I think will give you charge and will feed you. You mentioned community as a support system in, in the speech and you gave a very raw and I thought passionate speech about a recent situation that transpired and you're really kind of thrust into a community that you weren't expecting to be thrust into. Mm-hmm. And yet you took a lot of great positive energy out of the whole situation. I Describe think that sort of journey. There is a dignity and a humility from those moments that we learn through other people's experiences. I think when you're in these sort of subterranean levels of of people telling you honestly what their stories are. Little little things about uh, the proverbial um, recommendation because they've been in the system before. Right. You know, upon this close, four people came up to me and told me experiences that they've had that immersed from this talk. And you provide other people with that ventilation ability to bear one soul and to not hold it in. And there's something, I think, terribly beautiful about that. It's fascinating to gather ideas from so many people with different backgrounds and experiences on how community permeates our daily lives. We'd like to wrap up today's podcast with a quote for inspiration. This passage on community is taken from an old African proverb. If you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Thanks for tuning in to Wake Up Call. We hope you find the thing that truly inspires you. Join us next month here at Creative Mornings Cleveland, where we'll be exploring the theme, chaos. But before we leave, I'd like to share with you some additional highlights from our Wake Up Call interviews. And then if you had unlimited funds, what would you do to create a community? For me, mental health is a really big um, like issue that I've worked on and since I've lived in Cleveland. So for me, it would probably be to invest more into the mental health community. If I had unlimited funds for my community, I would do a weekly free giant smorgasbord meal where everybody could come and chow down and just talk to each other. Unlimited funds, I would, uh, I think I would create a, sort of a safe, secure bubble for everyone to <laughs> feel comfortable and go about their lives. Yeah. A McMansion for my wife and my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> sorry, community sorry. of two. <laughs> Just, oh, you meant my larger community. Wake Up Call is a production of the Front Porch People, Cleveland's premier podcast and radio network, where great conversations happen. A special thanks to executive producer, Joan Andrews, producers Julie Fink and Bridget Coyne, audio engineers Eric Coltnow and Dave Douglas. We'd also like to thank 2Bob Crew for the use of their song, Rooster, available on iTunes. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. You can learn more about this and other podcasts by The Front Porch People at thefrontporchpeople.com. I'm your guest host, Michael D'Aloya. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Call, Ideas That Crow. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.